0: It's Forrest, your favorite librarian. Thanks for joining me. Let's get started. All right. Welcome to episode 10, Eye to Eye, Black Women Hatred, Anger. Tonight is a nod to Audre Lorde and an exploration of of anger in Black women. And tonight we are accompanied with a special guest, Ashley. How are you doing today?
1: Hello. I'm doing great. (laughs) I'm happy to be here. And I'm really excited about the topic. So, get ready.
0: <laughs> awesome. Tonight's episode includes four titles that will guide all listeners and readers along. Uh, my two topics, my two titles are Sister Outsider by Audre Lorde and Honeypot, Black Southern Women Who Love Women by E. Patrick Johnson. Uh, Ashley, would you like to show your titles? or?
1: So... Um- The one I really want to point out is Bone Black by Bell Hooks. Um, This this book is so important to me. I read it in college, and it's a book that made me feel seen. And it's kind of the foundation of trying to discover um, where your discomfort and your adulthood starts. And it most definitely starts in childhood of feeling restricted, feeling othered. So bone black is very important. So that's the the one title I really want to um, highlight. Also, I suggested a feminist manifesto and 15 suggestions short book, Um, you know, read it, pick it up. But really, if you want to read a book that I'm suggesting is bone black.
0: Awesome. Tonight's episode, episode 10, Eye to Eye, Black Women anger and hatred, we're going to be discussing the burden of strength, softness in the queer spectrum, cultivating a well-being and care amongst black women, and also using anger as a motivation. You know, amongst most of the titles, the one that truly resonated with me, and I must say, it's, I must thank you first, because I'm not gonna lie, I was very hesitant to finish this title, but your encouragement, Ashley, of Sister Outsider by Audre Lorde has really shaped my execution of self and understanding of Black womanhood and truly how I've measured anger and how I define it. So first, let me just say thank you for introducing this title to me, your favorite librarian. And I am also sorry that I judged Audre Lorde's Sister Outsider so harshly initially. Um, But simply how she defines uh, anger, Um, I wanted to share her definition, which is on page 152, of what she believes anger is, as well as hatred, and it reads on page 152, anger, a passion of displeasure that may be excessive or displaced, but not necessarily harmful. Hatred, an emotional habit or attitude of mind in which aversion is coupled with ill will. Anger used does not destroy. Hatred does. And so when you hear that definition, first, do you believe that it is an accurate interpretation of both words?
1: I believe so. I believe so. Uh, Like for anger, um, anger is synonymous with, displeasure discomfort um othering it's it's really a signal that like something is wrong there's some type of wrongdoing so i i do agree with both definitions Mm -hmm. um i do believe anger can be useful i do think hate or hatred is something that's insidious that can eat you alive um Mm -hmm. so um And that's why we're speaking about anger, because I do think Black women or Black queer um, individuals should utilize anger to guide them
2: Mm. and
1: navigate through life.
0: Mm. Do you believe that there's also possibly a sense of a weight or a burden that anger can carry? Because there's always attached with anger a sense of strength that lacks a duality of softness, a duality of being gentle or being held gently
1: I don't, I don't think anger has anything to do with softness or being cared in a gentle manner um, I do think anger has its own arena it has its own purpose that's not mm-hmm. connected to one's yearning to be handled with care or softness mm-hmm. or expression of softness Okay. Uh, I believe anger, as Audre Lorde has said, your fear of anger will teach you nothing. Mm-hmm. I, I do think there needs to be acceptance of anger.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I do think um, for Black women, Black queer people, there is a fear of anger. Um, and And when you have a fear of anger, there's this overwhelming discomfort within yourself Mm -hmm. Uh, you make yourself feel small you make yourself feel small because you you don't want to upset the world around you with your anger Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. makes you a shell of yourself Mm -hmm. and I believe that's why anger should be used as a tool to make yourself as full as possible to take up as much space as possible
0: I appreciate your interpretation of taking up and also executing as much space as possible. It reminds me of Kimbrell Crenshaw's definition of intersectionality, which initially was to articulate black women at all the intersections that we represent, but how we're snubbed of our personhood and so much of our versatility at many avenues. You know, black women are expected to use our anger primarily in in the service of other people as our salvation and also for their learning, Audre Lorde begins by saying that all black women have an inner reserve of anger and that she has spent her life throughout the text of Sister Outsider, as she said, learning to express her own anger properly rather than suppressing it. And, you know, with films like one of my favorite, which is a great fi- French film, uh, the 1966 black girl, as well as one of my favorite queer representations of ad- adolescence, which is the 2011 Paris. Both illustrate examples of family dynamics that shape how black young women and they're almost on the edge of not even adulthood, but as the last, the horizon or sunrise of childhood, you see how black women define sisterhood through a mother-daughter relationship as well as maintain intimate bonds. I wanted to ask, do you believe Audre Lorde's definition of an inner reserve of anger is accurate? Do all women, particularly Black women, utilize that source to drive them forward in various avenues of their life?
1: Yeah, of, of course. The inner reserve, the well-stocked arsenal of anger, as she said, um, it, it's there. Um, and how can it not be there? I, I remember I was talking to a friend this past week, and I was talking about this podcast, And she asked me if I was angry. Mm. I was like, but of course, of of course, why wouldn't I be? (laughs) Right? And I think, you know, anger gets a bad rap as people full in rage, you know, throwing plates, flipping tables. But anger is motivation to me. It's a motivation to step away from the restrictions society has put on me that the community has put on me and mm. even mm. what I've put on me to really step out the box and be more. So yeah, the inner reserve of anger is true. It's real. Um, but you do need to balance it um, because right. it can tip you off kilter if it's not managed correctly. Yeah. But anger is very important to me.
0: So you definitely value anger. I truly, I agree in many ways of how you can utilize anger as motivation, as well as that you need to find balance as life creates an ebb and flow. But, you know, Audre Lord opens up eye to eye, Black women, hatred and anger with the quote, where does the pain go? What, excuse me, where does the pain go when it goes away? And I, I wanna maybe raise that question tonight. If anger is a motivation, where does that pain go? Where is the residual? What is the after effects? What are the also takebacks? If this is a reserve, there must be a, a flow. How do you express this anger in positive ways if it is so traditionally interpreted as a negative or saturated in certain ill interpretations?
1: So what I take it you're getting at is like so if anger is this guiding force, mm-hmm. this guiding light, when you utilize it to motivate you, is it still there, right? What does it transformed into? As Audrey Lorde mentions, you know you need to find something to replace it. So there's some introspection. It's like if I'm using this anger to motivate me, I can't. I can't stay this level of angry, angry all the time. And one thing I think I had to really deep dig deep down inside me and discover is like, what do I replace it with? Right, as she said. Mm. And at, for a long time, I, I didn't know. Is this the anger was what pushed me along to achieve goals, check the box, do this, do that? Now, I found that replacing it with joy, with fulfillment. Yes, the anger pushed you along, but you do need to take moments of gratitude, not just for the world around you, not because of the universe, not because of God, but because you utilized something that was inside of you to get you somewhere else. Mm. So you need to, you know, take the anger and transform it into gratitude, joy, love for yourself, um, some form of self-care, uh, mm. to not be in this continuous cycle of anger. It will pop up again because life is crazy, and life mm-hmm. constantly puts restrictions. <laughs> life constantly puts restrictions on you for no reason. like leave me alone, I'm just chilling and trying to live my life. <laughs> uh, but you do need to understand that ebb and flow, like you said, like uh, but you know, use anger as a signal as something is wrong. But understand that anger is motivation to get you to a point where you feel comfortable, you feel Mm -hmm. ease, you feel stillness, you feel gratitude. Mm -hmm. So you do need to replace it. You do need to use anger as uh, an information signal. Mm -hmm. And anger, that's what anger is for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. Anger is an information signal that I need to do one of three things, right? I need to express it, I need to set a boundary, or that boiling anger inside of me is a sign that the situation at hand is not for me and I need to walk away.
0: Mm, I love that awareness. And also how you define that knowing you are worthy of touch before you reach out and seek that. But also defining the boundaries of what you utilize for your motivation and how also expressing it and knowing when others are maybe committed to the principles that don't align with your passion and your your portion or reserve of anger. That there's times to take certain steps away and distance. You know, in Sister Outsider, Lord explores what many defines as the trope. Of the strong black woman throughout many of her examples, through childhood with Lexi, through her relationship with her mother, as well as coming into her own experience of how we always sometimes, as black women, project our anger towards one another, subconsciously and also consciously. You know, the, this trope is something that many women and queer folk navigate in the professional and the personal environment from Tyler Perry films that illustrate self-preserved women to catalysts of true change in black feminist and womanist movements in storytelling. What examples in film or TV or even social media or literature best represent how you express yourself or would like to? Are there any caricatures, or excuse me, are there more caricatures and stereotypes of black womanhood than accurate representations?
1: I think you know the answer already, right? You know, the answer (laughs) is going to be, there are more stereotypes that perpetuate it, of course. You know, of course, recently, as we got more women of color and especially more black women in writer's rooms and, Mm -hmm. you know, producing and directing, we're getting better quality characters on TV and film. Mm -hmm. You know, we can talk about Insecure, I appreciate that show so much because it's it it it, like it's Issa is me right? I am Issa, right? Really? So um, how so? It in some it some extent, you know. Even though my career and profession is more or more like you know Molly, Molly, but yeah. So, but my arc over the years has been this constant finding myself over and over again, trying and being dissatisfied, um, feeling like I'm still a child, but knowing I'm an adult. Um, many people who know me wouldn't really read that, but from my mm-hmm. how I present myself, but that's how I you know how I think of myself.
2: True. That's
1: not how I think of myself at the moment, but this is me reflecting back. So Insecure is very important because of the storylines, the quality of the production, how it's shot, the lighting, the, the costuming, everything. So I do think that's a great representation of Black women, Black men, late 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. But a lot of my examples for myself out of TV and film kind of come out of like fantasy and sci-fi because I, I love magical Black women. I love really? if Black women have powers, because we are powerful. So, yeah, so, so. Uh, yeah, so um, there's a show on uh, Amazon Prime video, um, Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if you watched it, if you should. I do, I do. And so some of the, you know, the most powerful Aes Sedai is a Black woman. And I enjoy that because it should be right you know that's what I need Mm -hmm. me as 10 year old Ashley need needed to see that that I had the possibility of being the most powerful because we all do we all have the opportunity and possibility of being the most
0: powerful correct Well, that representation is Mm, I would say so spot on but when you say that you're constantly in a or that you were in a journey of discovery do you believe before I share my example that you were reinventing yourself similar to Issa you know her profession stayed the same but yet she was in a way of reinventing herself in certain ways and how she expressed herself and how she attracted what she wanted how she articulated what motivated what what or how she articulated and defined what motivated her, you know, expressing anger can signal that someone is certain or competent, and this increases your social influence. And I believe that Issa began to understand that and also that empowered her. And so utilizing the anger also that she cultivated through that journey and possibly in her adolescence, maybe moved her to what she envisioned internally. So I, I see that similarity in you both.
1: No, no, most but, definitely. You're you're really spot on.
0: <laughs> uh, for myself, before I, I we move on, I would definitely say, unfortunately, I do not support uh, some of the creators of this show. Uh, but uh, a different world's Freddie, I love simply because yes. she has she creates a space for weirdness and otherness that isn't a part of the traditional uh weird or nerdy or uh, girl next door understanding of black youth or um and so also the examples on that show i truly it really resonates with me but also i really really enjoy because this is one of my favorite novels uh sassafras i'm an indigo from sassafras. Um, Ice. <laughs> sassafras uh, cypress and indigo by Shanghai. i love indigo simply because of the bravery and the also her awareness of self not the double consciousness but the existentialism that's just really examined and how she takes each step so intentionally through her womanhood and i love also the menstruation scene in that novel you know even when men um, tell me and share their review with me of that book because I, re- I recommend it to a lot of people that want to explore um, Southern culture. But also I love the flair of queerness that's in that book. And when men read that title and they share with me the menstrual scene as well as how one sister has Different partners, but how some do not, it, some do not receive her. I like to explore the gender and race-based emotion stereotypes in that book, as well as what is, is explored in Sister Outsider. You know, in Sister Outsider, which moves into our next portion, cultivating a well-being and care amongst Black women and girls, cultivating a safe and brave space for Black women is becoming a common focus in many communities you see it on social media it's become of many uh, corporate brands for marketing as well as articulating their core audience many social movements even are centered around the liberation the rest and compensation of labor for black women as historically the journey to personhood for the community reflects a history of inequalities but In the title, Sister Outsider, Audre Lorde mentions in Eye to Eye, Black Women, Hatred and Anger, which is on page uh, 156. She mentions black women absorb the hatred of most societies from a young age and even learn to feed off of it. She gives several examples and instances in which she gradually becomes aware of white people's hatred of her as a child. So there's an intersectionality and also certain, not complexes, but consciousness that she's arriving to as a child. There's a lot of emotional labor there that's also being conducted. What circulated or popular interpretations of black womanhood properly include a range of emotions that include anger, aggression, self-care, and assertion? What specific emotions are weaponized by people of color? You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> we getting deep tonight. <laughs> if if I could be honest,
2: mm-hmm. I
1: don't think there are specific emotions that are weaponized specifically by Black people mm. just yet. You okay? Let me let me backtrack because um, there needs to be nuanced and nuanced response to that. Mm-hmm. I do think there's collective anger, as we saw uh, the summer of 2020, right? Collective anger, upset, outrage, that created this global movement. Mm-hmm. But I do think, and and there was new. I do I do think there's there was nuanced discussion, kind of. In, in, you know, the mass media amongst Black people to understand our stories, specifically Black women, Black trans women, Black queer people, more so mm-hmm. than in times past. But I do believe that it has fell flat. Because after the summer of 2020, there should have been even more progress.
0: Define progress. So,
1: so I do... I see that there has been progress, right? Like this, this is not me saying like, I do see more black people, black women on my TV. I see them getting more opportunities, even myself in my, in my experience getting opportunities.
0: Mm-hmm. Myself too.
1: But those opportunities and things are more connected to class than race. Mm -hmm. more connected to the entitlement and privileges that come with education um, Mm -hmm. than someone's racial identity and experience. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm a Black woman who is a lawyer who works at a Fortune 500 company. Mm -hmm. But those things are tied to my education and my work experience. Mm -hmm. The next step is creating safe spaces within these mm-hmm. companies within society for black women to exist as they are. Correct. So that's when I said there, there should have been more progress. I do feel like people are getting these opportunities. Yes. People being put in place, getting funding, getting um, coverage on the news, on the TV, what have you. But these these spaces are still not safe. Um, people's housing situations, you know, if we can get away from you know the economic, you know, career professional angle, people's livelihood, Black people's livelihood, Black queer people's livelihood. In my opinion, so mm-hmm. I'll take the heat for this. Hasn't improved, Black. Homelessness or unhoused situations has not improved, and like homelessness is like something near and dear to my heart because I have not been homeless or unhoused myself, but um, I just have a great amount of compassion because I know it's hard, right? More than I can imagine. So when I say progress, that is what I mean. Is the living situation, the lack of safe space is still within companies, organizations. Um, it, it's still, there still needs to be work done. Yes. yes. So if I can circle it back, I, I do think there needs to be more collective weaponization. I don't know if that's a word by black queer women, by black women, by black trans women, by black queer folks like you know the list goes on with all the categories Mm -hmm. to keep on pushing
0: the work there's more work ahead than behind us correct but I believe that when we also are prioritizing creating a safe and brave space on the corporate on the communal level and the professional environment we also must you know, also prioritize that these spaces police the black body and consciousness through tone policing with black women. We see with a lot of policies and a lot of um, rules of thumb in many corporate environments that there's tone policing with black women, you know, tone checking women that you you were too assertive or aggressive or the key term, which is a trigger for me, intimidating. Your energy is very intimidating when you want to share your thoughts. Or many of the questions are, are you angry? Is everything okay? And this also is a reflection of social hierarchy because there's a sense of the white gaze because not only can I not control your thinking, but in a way I'm going to control how you express yourself. So, which leads me to how anger is defined as outsider. Anger is defined as a grief of dis- distortion between peers and is an object of change which is on page 129 in Sister Outsider. How do you define anger, Ashley? How has anger presented itself in your life or can be palatable?
1: I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but anger for me is the feeling of wrongdoing by someone or something. Mm -hmm. It's a reaction to being othered, to being left out, being restricted, when it's unnecessary. Anger is a sign that I need to make an adjustment. Uh,
0: Yeah. May I challenge this? In the event someone, a young Black girl, is not aware of herself and how she can utilize anger, can that cultivation of anger be toxic or self destructive self-sabotaging without direction or without that awareness or can she truly be progressive without that awareness and still utilize anger as motivation so
1: anger without self-awareness or Mm -hmm. means to utilize it causes confusion Mm. it's like the red of rage right and I'm going to speak first, you know, from my experience, if it's welcomed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, please, please, yes.
1: <laughs> please. Um, anger without the self-awareness or understanding why I'm actually angry causes confusion. And when I'm confused, I make the worst decisions. mm If I let my anger fester without understanding of why I'm angry, it boils inside of me. And I get disoriented. So what I have learned is that I need to pay attention to my anger as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Understand it. And then it becomes a tool that's more useful. Um, but for the young girl who's angry, and she may need someone to talk to, a mother, aunt, a sister. You know, getting access to therapy is hard, but if she can get to some type of support group to understand her anger, she can utilize it because Mm -hmm. this anger without self-awareness or understanding is just, just mushy.
0: It's confusing. It's blurry. I like how you illustrate that equation. Anger without self-awareness or even a compass of identity possibly equals confusion or greater results. You know, Audre Lorde says in Sister Outsider that there are many occasions in each of our lives for righteous fury multiplied and divided that Black women are being told, even at a young age, that we can be somehow better and are worse, but never equal to black men, to other women, to human beings. And that intersectionality brings me to s- the snub history of queerness and how queer. the queer spectrum also includes many contributions of the black experience, but that softness and the queer spectrum are often not paired together as Anger and black women are always historically, you know, Lord beautifully explains my anger has meant pain to me, but it has also meant survival. And before I give it up, I'm going to be sure that there is something at least as powerful to replace it, as we mentioned with joy, excuse me, as you defined and mentioned as joy earlier. It is on the road to clarity as well, which we have not truly examined. And this uh, quotation is along page 132. Anger and aggression are often misconstrued, but defined similarly. How do queer black women... And queer folk use anger at all or as a form of motiv- motivation? Is struggle a great part of identity for many queer black folk?
1: The struggle is real, right? It it's is. It's real. <laughs> and, and that's something I used to say like years ago. I would always say, oh man, the struggle is real. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it definitely is, it is reality life existence is a struggle because there's many things going on all of the time Mm -hmm. but as a black queer person as a black queer woman trying to progress right trying to feel more joy i understand Mm -hmm. i need to divorce myself from the struggle like i need to honor it i need to you see it i need to give gratitude that like the struggle was there and i persevered but Mm -hmm. linking my black womanhood or my black queerness or just my blackness to the struggle would leave me in a constant state of despair Mm
2: -hmm.
1: because all those things society has made relegated to the side to to the wayside to the abyss of yes the struggle is real for y'all so y'all gotta stay there But for me to get out of it, and like like I mentioned earlier, I need to get upset. I need to be angry and separate myself from the struggle Mm -hmm. and push myself out of those restrictions of the struggle being real for me. And all I could say is for queer Black people, use anger to make yourself more comfortable in your queerness. Mm Mm-hmm have the audacity to be the full you full blackness Mm. full queerness or whatever your identity may be um because if you marry yourself to the struggle too much you will stay there
2: Mm.
0: okay i definitely want to unpack some of this So let me start off one by saying to be married to the struggle. Is that a conscious choice or is that something that you inherited based upon as you journeyed in your discovery of self? As you know, for myself, I'm a femme presenting woman. So how I utilize anger is mostly internal. And when I try to express that. Uh, either through my aesthetic or through how again expressing emotion signals that someone is certain and competent but yet as a queer woman and also with my physique as a femme presenting small woman expressing certain anger sometimes makes me feel like I'm engaging the imposter syndrome as if I'm trying to duplicate certain choices that I love in others that I can't truly or wholeheartedly express in myself. So when you say, Ashley, that queer folk should use anger as a motivation, and also previously you mentioned that we should replace in the pain when it goes away with joy, for someone like myself that is film presenting, how can I properly use anger where it benefits me and the women and folk I want to attract?
1: To be honest, you have to define that for yourself. It's your own lived experience. It's Mm -hmm. choose your own journey. It's like, what do you actually want? You have to, like, what do I actually want? You can see, like, you know, before we started recording, we're talking about social media success Mm -hmm. stories of queer couples and love and stuff like that. But you have to really think, like, do I really want exactly that? What do I actually want first? You know, okay. and it may be what you see presented, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it starts with what you actually need and want first. You know, you, you get the signal that you're angry, um, you're uncomfortable, or you're not being satisfied in some sense. Mm-hmm. So you do need to think like, okay, what do I want? to quell this anger inside of me i want softness i want gentle care i want affection i want attention okay how do i get that and there's an assumption there that you cannot be restricted by your physical or aesthetic presentation really you can't be you can't really
0: be. how so
1: because, be it someone who I am very neutral, you know, not femme, not masculine. I am um, i guess androgynous in a sense. Androgynous.
0: Okay. Uh, do you think? Yes. What do you think? I do think and... that you. Are... Oh no! Do you not think? Do you not? I no, no, I do. That that is. And I like that you know... sense of duality, but also that you're very comfortable in expressing yourself but how did you reach that level of confidence with expressing yourself?
1: I think it's still a work in progress. It's, it, it is um, an understanding where it's like, I'm not this or that. I'm not these things. I can't make myself these things, whatever those things may be, be it more feminine, more masculine, taller, shorter, thinner, thicker. I'm just myself. I have to work with the material that I, that I've been given, and, and it sucks because sometimes it doesn't feel fit so neatly into these packages that people can e- easily digest, right? Okay. So it's like, okay, go ahead.
0: <laughs> no, because what you're expressing the politics of desirability that really provide margins, margins and a system of measurement for how we use and dictate modern rules for dating and romantic attraction. Even when we utilize, you know, the love languages, the five love languages to express how we receive and also, uh uh-uh, also attract love. But how do queer black folk utilize anger, softness, and aggression to navigate finding romantic love if there is a fluidity there with identity and expression how can we use that as a positive to be honest
1: in this Mm -hmm. in this realm right in this realm of romantic attraction or even like non-romantic attraction I do think even platonic situation, there's some type of attraction, be it not aesthetic or physical, just attracting people, your tribe or in the in the realm of dating. Mm-hmm. Again, in my opinion, I don't see where aggression comes in.
0: <laughs> really? R- really?
1: Let me let me let me build this. But is this for me and okay. how I'm looking at at dating now that I'm getting back on the dating scene now and really figuring out what I actually need because okay. I've dated the full spectrum of folks. It's been interesting. It's been a wild ride.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But my focus <laughs> mm. my focus now is softness this before gentle care i'm using that like those things communication as well people all, always want to say that they're blunt right but cannot mm-hmm. communicate it's wild. <laughs> but but softness gentle thing. care <laughs> maybe um you know <laughs> i told you before <laughs> i don't the Zodiacs, I'm like, when people are like, oh, she's such a Leo. I'm like, okay. like Shut, Shout out great. to the Pisces. But I don't. Y'all are doing a great <laughs> job. Um, <laughs> like, I, I really don't put too much weight on Zodiac. No one killed me. No. I just try to, I, I just try to, like, really be, pay attention to the person in front of me. And they'll show, you, show me who they are, mm-hmm. you know, despite any Zodiac affiliation. Anywho. Um, this next phase as I'm getting older, softness, gentle care, really communication, like having those tough conversations Mm -hmm. are important. Yes, I want someone who is aesthetically and physically attractive. Mm -hmm. Yes, I want someone who is successful. Yes, I want someone who is confident. But how does that person care for for me or anyone, right? Mm -hmm. Am I allowed to be soft? gentle a little messy without being taken advantage of so that's why I say softness is so important especially in these intimate romantic situations Mm -hmm. can you be not on point all the time can you say can you Mm -hmm. say I need some attention and some love right now I had a rough day can you say, hey, you're yelling at me, I really want you to bring down your tone because I just, I can't right now.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, some communication Can you say any
1: of those things?
0: Well, yes, but, you know, Ashley, some communication provides a level of visibility that some people are not ready for with their partners. You know, some unhealed traumas, if not addressed are presented and summoned in your romantic relationships and many queer folk especially in you know same-sex relationships and in the women community and in the queer in the black queer intersection there is a level of violence there not only just physically but verbally and how we communicate to ourselves but also that there is a lack of gentleness and softness that audrey lord says is is one of the conclusions one of the answers And one of the requests that is needed, softness and gentleness. But, you know, you mentioned that you do not or have not, excuse me, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that you have not experienced any aggression in the dating field. And I really want to challenge that because no, 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 no. I'm not saying I haven't experienced it. I'm not saying
1: I haven't experienced it. I'm just saying it's not Mm -hmm. useful. That's what I was Mm. saying. It's not useful. It shouldn't really... Like maybe if you're experiencing aggression, that should be something utilized to get away. But far as using using aggression to your advantage, you shouldn't be doing that. That's too much. Because like you said, in the queer black community, there is a lot of domestic violence. There is a lot of physical, mental, emotional terrorism.
2: Mm. Mm. you know
1: and um, people are experiencing a lot of gross gross miscare right in the black queer Mm -hmm. community and I know people would retort like oh that's happening in every community yes but I care about the black queer community right Mm -hmm. and I I want us to be great Um, and it is due to a lot of Trauma that people are experiencing on both ends. People who are the aggressors and people who are experiencing the aggression. Mm -hmm. And what does that come down to? Lack of self-awareness. Lack of healing as well. Like I have compassion, right? I have compassion as far as people go through shit. Excuse my language. You're fine. And they don't know how to deal with it. Because as I said before, life is crazy, right? It is ebbs and flow, and they and they just go along like everything's okay, and they get into these intimate um, situations, and there's aggression, or they experience aggression from the other person, and they don't know how to deal. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: let me present me.
1: I'm I'm no I'm no mental health expert, and you know that's when you know mental health experts thank god for them you know mm-hmm. i love my therapist she has been so Shut lovely you know i love her to death that's when they come into place and I'm, I'm very thankful there's more black queer people who are getting to the mental health profession because it's needed people who are black mm-hmm. and queer who can understand and speak to us because mm-hmm. the aggression is the reason why as i said before the emotional and mental Terrorism within the black queer um, community is happening because we have so mm-hmm. many unchecked things mm-hmm. that haven't been explored that mm-hmm. we haven't healed from.
0: I do believe so. That. That's why I, I would...
1: focus on softness. <laughs> I love mm. softness. That's what I want to experience. That's my change in adulthood, being like feeling like a full real, realized black woman. It's like, oh, I want to be soft.
2: Mm.
1: And it's not even linked to feminine presenting or masculine presenting. Like no matter whatever your gender expression is, you should be handled with care, gentle, soft. Someone should be caring for you, should be caring for someone. So like that is, should be the focus. Mm.
0: Mm. Okay, now I'm about to be a you chaotic like that or what? neutral.
2: I do, oh God, but now oh I'm about God. to be
0: a chaotic neutral. <laughs> So this is where I'm going to be uh, chaotic and then I'm going to be neutral in the end like a a sour, sweet kid. So possibly I am toxic then um, simply because if we were to utilize your definition of unchecked traumas and how they truly affect our community as black queer folk, but also that prioritizing your mental health, I too see a therapist. I love her to death. I also, through my history with other therapists, I made sure that I wanted my current therapist to have similar intersections or an identity of myself. So they are too queer because I, you know, a part of me was like, I'm tired of talking to white women and white men about me. I feel like I'm giving them cheat codes and that is really affecting me with giving my truth in this room. So I think I need to take my black ass on to go see somebody <laughs> that has lived in blackness or or contribute to the black experience throughout their childhood and through their existence period. And so I want to raise this question to you because, as a film presenting woman myself, as I have experimented with my expression, I have discovered I gain more success with feminine presenting women when I utilize aggression because I am often perceived as being soft and also to receive it as well. But when I want to be stern, I want to be received as competent. Instead of utilizing anger, I use aggression. But some may perceive that as not being authentic or attracting the true energy or navigating my romantic attraction properly. Do you believe that is a proper assessment of a femme-presenting woman using aggression too? gain the success they seek or am I truly utilizing aggression in the place anger should motivate me as a source of revenue that Lord, and we've discussed tonight.
1: Really that's based on your lived experience. So I would think that you're like the expert subject matter mm. expert of your experiences as you should be.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: there are a lot of restrictions of who should date Mm whom in the Mm. black queer community especially with black queer women Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and I do I do honor people's preferences I have my own preferences Mm. but I do think sometimes preferences are restrictions of what or whom I do, sometimes, like, How? because if so, if someone comes before you and they provide, if there's attraction, you know, physical attraction, but also they provide the emotional support that you need, you should explore some type of intertwinement with them. I guess that's a new word of entanglement. Because it's more than femme mass, femme, femme, mass, mass. It comes down to who can care for you and who who you are best to care for. Um yeah so i am gonna I'm gonna throw on if if we're gonna be truly chaotic be it that I'm someone who is you know like I said I don't squarely fit in any box and that bothered me for many years of like okay what am I and how Mm -hmm. should I present and now I'm in the realm like oh I just don't care you know Um, Mm -hmm. and someone who has a bit of body you know
2: okay body got it
1: okay (laughs) that allows me (laughs)
0: Girl, a line. You got brag
1: on yourself slickly. Okay, go ahead. It, it, you know, you know, quiet brag, quiet brag. Um, that aligns me more with being more so feminine, and I'm proud of my body. I work on it. I work out every day. Okay, I be. I mm-hmm. diet. I drink we water. See. Take vitamins. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we see. <laughs> Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We see. Oh, Live your best life. Oh. I'm trying. I'm trying my best. That's I'm all I can for do. It. Uh, you know, I, I really, it's like, oh, I'm, should I be ashamed that my body is more feminine presenting and I, I need to, like, bulk up or lose a bunch of weight and be thinner or it, what have you. hmm And that's why I say, just, just don't care. Like, it's just, whoever's, whoever's how, though, for actually- you...
0: It's hard to, especially in our community, because mask and mass women are often received negatively in our community, similar to femme and femme, when you see that femme and mass relationships are so circulated and also celebrated. So there are politics and a bureaucracy that dictates our community as well. When you see a masculine presenting a pregnant woman, it's not received as positively as you would other women yeah 100 percent. and this goes back to
1: using anger as a tool to not care right it's just like yeah I'm not well received because I'm a masculine presenting woman and I'm pregnant I wanted to get pregnant I want to have a child yeah I'm angry because I'm a feminine presenting woman, who, woman who wants to date another feminine presenting woman uh, yes I'm angry because I don't fit in any box and this makes it hard to really pursue anyone
2: mm-hmm.
1: not really hard but it, it, it does make it, it, I do have to <laughs> I, I do have to um, it's a bit more uh, conversation I need to employ when I am trying to talk or date um, someone yeah I'm angry but it, for me personally, I use that anger to not care. Like, do you like me or do you not? What, what are we doing here? Like, True. what's the tea?
0: But, okay, Ashley, though, even in Audrey Lorde's text, she explores this and how in the queer community we navigate and utilize anger, but also our understanding of our personal experiences. Even as she faced them regularly as a Black lesbian Feminist, How she was received by other feminist men and women and people of color alike truly expressed certain microaggressions and things that affected and also contribute to the anger. Guilt is the only other form for objectification. Oppressed people are always being asked to extend ourselves to conduct certain emotional labor that the aggressor Utilizes in order to bridge the gap between colorblindness and humanity. How do you understand or interpret the relationship between anger and oppression, or anger and feminism specifically? Even if there is one, what kind of role can or should it play? Or can it be easily dismissed? It's most often easily dismissed,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, but um, let me start from the beginning. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, When I think of oppression and it's tied to anger, I think of collective anger. And the thing about collective anger, it's a force
2: Mm -hmm.
1: that gathers people together and they finally admit that they, the collective... (laughs) want or need a change Mm -hmm. collective anger is strong devastating power but it's also at times chaotic and chaos is sometimes relegated as non-viable people sweep Mm. the collective anger to the side and ignore it so that's what I say when when anger in the sense when it's tied to oppression be it black people or women or what have you, is easily ignored.
0: May I, may I raise a second question then? Okay. To To further examine your interpretation of that, what happens when a movement dies? What happens when the visibility of this rage is no longer circulated? What can the collective do with this anger? If, it, if joy can be replaced on an individual level, what can we replace joy with on a collective greater scale? Firstly, a
1: movement never dies. Nothing ever dies. Mm. There's always relics that someone can look upon to motivate the next movement. Right? Mm-hmm. So we take an example from the summer of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. That was a very powerful movement. I, I really felt something. I was like, oh, this is this is something here. And, mm-hmm. it, and it, it was. Has it died down? Yes. But as I just said, look at summer twenty twenty. That's, you know, the artifact that people can constantly look back to mm-hmm. and utilize it to push for another movement. Just like in the summer of 2020, people were looking to James Baldwin, Fire Next Time. They were mm-hmm. watching Angela Davis' um, speeches. They were looking at you know, the Black Panther movement, another uh, a previous movement that, quote unquote, died. Nothing ever dies. It's just a volume of motivation for the next movement, right?
0: Um, well, if nothing it never dies, similar to energy that cannot be destroyed or recreated, it's transferred, do you believe that that collective anger is inherited or developed,
1: It most definitely evolves. It, it develops. It, it changes form. Um, it, it, it has to be different because whatever the current, present means of communication is, it needs mm-hmm. to adapt to that. So that energy definitely or, or example definitely is interpreted and translated, transcribed in a different means, but when you boil it down, the substance is the same. The the substance is, substance is oppression, anger that boils out of that oppression. And that in the anger that motivates these people, the collective anger, the individual anger that forms into a collective anger that motivates a movement, but it always changes and evolves and develops.
0: I see how it can develop, but I believe, I personally believe that it is inherited, similar to certain post traumatic slave syndrome and traumas that are unhealed in our parents or a portion or a part of our environment, not that we are products of our environment, but that certain conditions condition the individual without the awareness or the fulcrum that provides a balance with mental health or mental health resources or professions. So you can utilize anger, but as well as it can, it can provide you a sense of balance. You know, the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house Audre Lorde beautifully explains this, which is one of my favorite author chapters in *Sister Outsider*. Thank you again for introducing me to this beautiful title. Oh my gosh! But Lord E. Patrick Johnson, who is the title of one of, one of tonight's titles, uh, *Honey Pot, Black Southern the Women Who Love Women*, who is one of my favorite black queer authors, and just his just the space that he provides when you open each title, whether it be *Sweet Tea*, an exploration of black southern men. Or Black Queer Southern Women, which is also by E. Patrick Johnson, the oral history, I'm seeing every time I open the page. There is an expression and also a visibility there. But, Ashley, I wanted to raise the question to you. Anger is one of those passions that Lord said, we keep too bottled up and thus disempower ourselves. I believe this to be true for most women at any intersection, but the best way to recognize the master's tools to consider Audrey's discussion of them, pressure between institutional goals of the master's tool and personal commitments. It's a it's a fixed balance, truly. We see that in the corporate world as we explain and how there needs to be a space but also how certain policies and politics police the body. Can anger, my question to you, or presence of anger provide balance can anger be considered a part of the master's tools, especially in dismantling social injustices and racial and biases and implicit biases?
1: Uh, of course, anger creates balance. It balances against victimhood for me. Um, you need anger to motivate you to fight against being a, being victimized over and over again It gives you that push to believe in yourself. It gives you that push to believe in your vision, to believe in betterment for your community. Anger is a source of faith that things should be better and Mm -hmm. can be better. So yes, anger is a tool to balance against the constant victimization of oppression.
2: Mm.
0: is it fair to say that you mentioned earlier joy replaces anger after pain leaves you is it safe to say that faith replaces anger on a collective and on a grand scale as we journey through that
1: most definitely Um, with the collective anger you also need to have in the back of your mind the faith that things should and need to get better. Because um, why are you using anger? You know, just to be angry? Mm-hmm. I, I do think there's weight in in just being angry and expressing that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But you need to use the collective anger, and this is communities and of of color black people to say i have a faith i have the faith i have the belief that mm-hmm. my situation my situation for my community needs to get better it has to get better so that's the replacement collectively collective anger mm-hmm. gets replaced with faith of things needing to get better Just like my individual anger is the realization that I want to feel joy, happiness, stillness, and ease. Mm -hmm. Anger is commitment to progression. Mm. How do you feel about that? Oh,
0: though I... Commitment is a... uh... A temperamental word because commitment is defined and executed differently with others. Because your commitment to your mental health is a reflection of how you're able to properly utilize anger and not disempower yourself, as we mentioned. But also, when you contribute to the collective anger, that there is a there's a replacement of faith, but I believe that belief in self is also a part of that self awareness, as we mentioned that first defines what we want and need when we when we pull from that source of anger, and so yes, I I, I see that with both, but in this scheme and grand scale of equality, as Black women, as even Kimbrell Crenshaw mentioned with intersectionality, Black women are often snubbed as being greater a lesson but never equals and also we see that in lord's definition but the way you beautifully explained that mm, thank you ashley you know i'm I'm gonna be looking out for a book from you because all of this like all this research all this abstract research on the anger of african american females and the lack of the extreme point of view i am i'm getting it i'm getting my life tonight like thank you this is, this is sc- no problem this is a lived experience this is and
1: i am currently working on a novel um <laughs> i don't know Say- i'm i'm very <laughs> i don't know why i mentioned that because it's very like
0: yes um, put it in the
1: universe yeah yeah um it, it's I'm something so that i need to do it's something <sighs> okay. i need to do
0: May we all hear maybe a, a summary of what it is? Or is that like under lock and key until it's out? Like, can we hear like a one sentence summary or the genre at least? Like give us details.
1: So, you know, I, I, I don't know if you um, know this about me. I'm a science fiction girl, right?
0: Octavia Butler. That's why I read her. So I can like My... ask you questions later.
1: <laughs> she, I, I, I appreciate her and her writing the way she does. You know, I love Bell Hooks too. um, But Octavia Butler is near and dear to my heart. So there's going to be some science fiction elements to it. Mm. Um, It will be in the near future, Mm. maybe 20 to 25 years in the future um, as compared to right now. But there will be themes that you you like black women, specifically black women between the ages of twenty five and forty, right? Have experienced in corporate America, in society, in their community. And my hope is how when I read Bone Black and how I was like, oh, I feel seen. Is I just hope that just one young black woman or black woman or black queer person Mm -hmm. feel seen that's my element and it's it's going to delve into dire mental health issues and trauma Mm. some of which were induced by her own community and balancing or dealing with imposter syndrome at, in the same vein mm. at work. Mm. Dealing with lovelessness mm. and wanting to have a, a romantic connection, but then also wanting to be left alone.
2: Mm.
0: Is this... And
1: how, how that informs... Her purpose in life
0: to keep on going. What?
2: Is, is this, this title
0: sim, is this title subtly biological, biographical? There's some elements. There's some elements that come from my own
1: journey, but there's also mm-hmm. some elements that I learned, you know, speaking to close friends. Um so it's it's a mix. It's really my look at what it means to be a black woman and there'll be many different Mm. types of black women that that's the point there there'll be so usually in stories it's like the superhero black woman and we talked about this in like depictions of black women in tv and film Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it's like the superhero black women that can persevere through all trauma or the constantly victimized black woman who learns to love herself despite the, you know, the victimhood. Mm-hmm. But what about the black woman who just like doesn't give a fuck? Like, what what is going on? Like that that is gonna be the number <laughs> one thing. And I if if there's anything that is like coming from my life, there that's that is me it's like what what do y'all got going on what is going on here
0: trying to we don't need to do any of this
1: especially or just like like especially in the black for black queer women when it comes to gender roles and stuff like that and
2: mm-hmm.
1: presentation it's like you know we gay. we don't got to do any of this any of this zero percent of it <laughs> like
0: true but, the but rules like, are a lie so, the rules are but do not exist. Really,
1: they don't exist. But it's really going to expand that just to all elements of the lead character's life. Like, I don't have to do any of
2: this. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. But to be deemed successful, I need to do some of these things. Mm-hmm. And just battling mm-hmm. with that. You have to play the game and you have to realize Even though you play the game, you don't need to become the game. Mm. You don't need to define yourself by the game.
0: Ashley, 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 let me challenge that, though. Because if you are in a constant journey of healing unaddressed traumas, it is easy to take on the characteristics of your oppressor, when you are still in a cycle of functioning in a silo or oppressed, it is very easy to assume those same qualities and express, as we see even in Andre Lord's, um, title, Sister Outsider and in your book, Bone Black, that some of the violence that we receive is from the hand of other black women. And we also are conscious of the violence. We also project onto other black women because of our subconscious awareness of self I'm going to tell
1: you one line from the book is sometimes you become who you hate mm. to give yourself a reason to hate yourself. So I'm aware. I'm very aware. I'm very aware of that. The point you just made. And that is the start of the journey. Yeah.
0: So that, was, that was deep. <laughs>
1: Trying um, to, to crown the record, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it's going to be a journey. Um, I've been writing little snippets here and there um, for the past two years, but uh, I I want to dedicate the next three months to completing it. Yeah. So I'm saying it. I'm saying out loud. So it must. It must. Go, must be real right (laughs) um so yeah I I understand just taking on the qualities negative qualities as a means like a cheat code to assimilate to Mm -hmm. become acceptable Mm -hmm. and then hating yourself for accepting those qualities I understand that.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. I so guess that's, that's when
1: I, I. Oh, go ahead. Oh,
2: go
0: ahead. I was going to say, is that a portion of where some people are attached? Their identity is attached with struggle. Yeah,
1: that's when you become married to the struggle.
0: Really.
2: And, and
1: again, this is just my opinion and just from my, my perspective, my lived experience it's like when you become the things you hate, to give yourself a reason to hate yourself,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're married to that constant cycle of struggle of, hey, I'm, so, I'm doing the right things because this is what people say I need to be, but also knowing that you don't want to be those things. And you actually hate those
0: things. I uh, I challenge that, Ashley, because not that this book discusses this, but I, I throw this in the table. As an older child, the anticipation of certain needs, also being the authoritator. Being a disciplinarian, making executive decisions when you are not summoned, but that you are expected to—these are qualities and traits that also reflect trauma responses, but that are paired with older children. So, not that they are, not that they are married to the struggle, but they are almost born into the struggle. Do you believe that that is possibly true or accurate? Do you believe that, that to be possibly accurate? you know,
1: anything's possible, right? You know, it, it truly is. But what my understanding of what you're saying is that sometimes these traits or quote unquote, these things are just given to you as, mm-hmm. as you develop through life. But there is a point if you do get the tools of personal accountability mm-hmm. that you have to look and see if these traits, these tools, these things that you've been given actually serve you personally, serve your vision, your purpose, whatever you want to call it, if they're good for you. Mm. Wow. And sometimes they will be good to you. Like I'm an older sister as well. I love Mm -hmm. to be caring. I love to be supportive. I love to say, hey, This is what I know, and I'm going to tell you about it, and here's this information. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. always going to be that person with my own sister, with my friends, because Mm -hmm. I am an older sister. Mm -hmm. I have a heightened sense of responsibility. Mm -hmm. I, I don't allow myself to be messy. I don't allow myself to make mistakes, right? These are certain things that I've learned. But I understand. Even though I like, I, I enjoy being responsible. Mm-hmm. My 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 acts of personal accountability is it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay mm-hmm. to be messy. Not too messy. Not like Real Housewives messy. Okay, ah! but um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, you know. Messy in the sense like you may not know what's going on. Mm -hmm. You may be slightly disillusioned or confused and you just have to say hey, I don't know what's going on. I need to take a moment. I need to take a beat. Mm -hmm. I need to not rack my brain to figure it out right now. So yes, there are certain things that are just handed depending depending on your your upbringing, your culture. Mm -hmm. But there is a time when you do reach your adulthood where you say, I am not a servant to my childhood, Mm. but I am a teacher of my childhood. And I will be the protector of young Forrest, young Ashley. And I will learn and understand these traits I've been given or told and see what actually serves me correctly.
2: Yes.
0: Reparenting is a journey, but also allowing your inner child to build trust with your adult version is also a, a form of that healing That is, I believe, so challenging because being the adult you needed as a child in the present sense and consciously, it doesn't feel like a burden, but it articulates the burden of strength because when you become or when you acknowledge that you are the adult that you wanted or needed as a child and you... Have conversations with your inner child when you experience, you know, self date, solo dates are a way that I take myself out on a date where I'm present, but I also acknowledge that I'm worthy of certain things that I give others that I can give myself and that I can receive without feeling that I have to retaliate or be or reciprocate that energy or that that way of, of expressing love whether it be an act of service or anything that is illustrated amongst the five love languages that people use to navigate love or receive it. But I, I believe that that is so challenging because first Ashley, I believe that in order to be self-aware and to have that accountability, that you are committing to yourself, that you're willing to be an, an additional parent that not that your parents could not be, but that your parents could never be for you or Ever, and that is so scary the unknown I I feel like anger can't even lead you or guide you through that because there's a sense of softness that needs to be there a sense of gentleness almost
1: patience all those good things and being committed to caring for your inner child is the most important act of self care not a bubble bath. Not a facial mask. Okay. Um, not shipping, really? sipping champagne. Which I love all those things. Like yes. I'm, I'm saying. I'm, I love all those things. And those things are great. And yes. they make you feel good.
2: Yes, luxurious. Um, but.
1: Self-care is taking care of young Ashley. Is. Cause she was a dreamer. Oh man, she. She thought she can do everything,
0: and I still do. I still do. You're a badass. You know, I can. I can do all. I
1: can do all the things, but um, self care is motivating her to do those things in my now adult form. So I, I wanted to write. You know, in eleventh grade, right. Mm-hmm. I was primed to do so. But being a writer, you don't make money, right? Quote Allegedly. unquote. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Unless you get that one chance um, <laughs> um, <laughs> to write a bestseller. But baby, one thing I know about Adele Ashley, mm-hmm. she's always going to be good no matter when whatever she does. Um, and I say that this is new confidence, right? Mm-hmm. This is new confidence. This is not something that's always been present.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> this, this new confidence that had to tread through college, through eight years being in the U.S. Army, um, Thank you. through three years of law school, um,
0: now I'm like, oh, I can do whatever I want.
1: <laughs> I can do whatever I want.
0: Who cares? You can now do whatever you want or have you always now, been doing what no, you want? No, now. There's a bridge.
1: There's a, a a point, you know, when I was in high school, I was like, I I really can do whatever I want, but you get narrowed as far as like, you have to go to college. And I appreciate going to college. I, I I love going to school. I'm in school right now because I just yeah, keep on going to school.
0: Yes, congratulations. Thank you.
1: you know, just getting another degree, not because, like, oh, I want to be better than anyone. It's just, like, a thing I do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for you. For me, it is what it is. I just want to learn about this specific topic anyway. You know, there was a time period, like, I need to find a path and stick to that path because my nature is like, I want to do all the things. I want to be here. I want to be there. I want to do a little bit of this. I would do a little bit of that. But you learn, like, no, you have to pick a thing. What are you passionate about? I'm passionate about life. Really. I'm passionate about learning. I'm passionate about passionate about making beautiful things and seeing beautiful things and feeling beautiful things but what is that as a profession if I'm not like a visual artist or anything like that Mm -hmm. so I say all to say this is new confidence this is a gap has been bridged between my childhood and adulthood finally Mm -hmm. and now since I'm in a place professionally where I'm like you know, I can pay all my bills. Like, it's never not been a period where that um, hasn't been true, but I, I can explore a bit. So, mm.
0: um,
1: that was a long answer. <laughs> no, it's beautiful.
0: <laughs> my last question to you for tonight I think that ends your narrative so beautifully. Do you believe, Ashley, you are the person you have envisioned?
1: I'm becoming her, mm. definitely. I'm becoming her, and oh. you know, you you look in the mirror and you, mirror and you say, "Wow, amazing!" Oh. Even though people don't see it for me, that's a, that's the a tea. What? Like that, that you're amazing. That is... <laughs> I appreciate and that wonderful. So much.
0: Are you kidding me? <laughs> You inspired me. Even though, <laughs> you know, but
1: people don't see it for me. And it's okay. That's their opinion. Maybe it's like, forget they, them. everyone is, it's not even that. They can have their opinion. You know, I may represent something to them that I, I'm not aware of. Right. Sure. Even though I try Possible. to be very open and empathetic and all those things, whatever traits I may have. Mm-hmm. This new confidence I I I've developed and earned over the years, it may trigger them or they may have issue with it. And that's that's totally fine and they are a hundred percent deserving of their opinion. However, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even though people may not see it for me, even though people may pick or throw jabs and stabs isn't it amazing that I still want to be come the person that I thought I could be back in 2002 wow back in 1995 Mm -hmm. girl I'm I'm showing that I'm old but (laughs) 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 but but it it, it is is quite amazing Thank you. I have good skincare. Oh, right, uh, okay.
0: Come on, Regine. Oh, no. Come on. Come on,
2: Skincare. <laughs> Drop the D. Uh, but
1: I, I we can have a whole another episode about that. Oh, okay. It's okay. very detailed. We will we'll definitely have you for part two. <laughs> definitely, uh, but it's and I say all the two thousand two specifically because my English teacher from high school just contacted me on Facebook and said that she wants to send me the letter I wrote <gasps> in 11th grade that's addressed to my future self. I remember writing it. I don't know what I wrote. I remember it being four pages back in front oh, and wow. I wrote in cursive, but I, I don't remember the cursive, not the cursive, but the substance of the letter, excuse me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I know uh, 11th grade Ashley was still very, 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 very motivated. It's not like I'm not motivated now, but she hadn't faced all the challenges I have faced at this point. Mm -hmm. So I'm very interested. I know she would be proud of me, right?
0: Oh, wow.
1: (laughs) This is so deep and so intimate. It's so beautiful, (laughs) Ashley. Ashley. And uh, I hate to just keep on going on by myself but it, it's just so important because it's like as adults, when we look at ourselves and saying, hey, I didn't accomplish all I need to accomplish you have to really think 15 old, fifteen year old you would he or she be proud of you? Right? Mm. And like to really like bring it full circle with like a lot of our topics, Mm -hmm. you know, being black and being queer and being a woman is, it's hard at times. Yes, It's a burden. But you have to look back. Like would five-year-old you look up to you as a good example? Would 10-year-old you think you're awesome now? Would the high schooler who is just trying to make it and fit in and be accepted think that you're awesome mm. and if the answer to any of those questions are yes you're doing the right you're doing the right thing and just really keep on freaking job. going like huh?
0: <laughs> yeah? i was like you did What'd a you great say? job I was uh, using yeah. the term from... She's a great job, sweetie, from... Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Th- yeah, that's the key. It's just like, oh, man, you're you're a fucking rock star. Just keep on going. I think that takes some of the burden. It does balance against anger. Um, mm. It balances against being overwhelmed sometimes. Yes. It balances against depression or any other mental health issue. Uh, people of the black queer experience may be having would you be proud of yourself
0: mm. Mm. that's a question i need to raise but to myself more often than to define maybe how i define my also current happiness because i do feel like the younger me would be proud of myself but i want to explore that more so thank you for bringing that to my attention ashley Oh my goodness. First of all, I extend the highest and the and my wholehearted gratitude for you, your presence, your energy, your perspective, and just simply you being you. Thank you for gracing and honoring us and everyone under the sound of our voice and every reader with tonight's episode. I appreciate you. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. This is a great time. <laughs> uh hopefully everyone enjoys it and um i'm always open to conversation
0: awesome before we go did you want to drop any social media tags or where anyone can find you or any projects to look forward to in the near future
1: i'll let y'all know on the next episode as far as pr- upcoming projects <laughs> so most of most of my writing is going to be legal writing i'm writing Ooh. like some sport sports law you know articles. Um about the 2020 Olympics that does center around homelessness Mm -hmm. um, and things they need to do for the community. But, um, you know, that's later this year. And we, I I definitely can mention that if I'm invited to another episode, Yes, I already mentioned my, my, this novel I'm working on now. I'm like, Oh my God, it's real. And I'm like, I'm probably going to start doing some, not start, but continue doing work on it after we get off, um, you know, Finish speaking um just put my social media you know my social media just put it tag it in the the episode and it just kind of go from there and if Mm -hmm. anyone wants to chit chat that's great but one note I do want to say it's like I did share my perspective and one thing with my perspective I have an understanding that it may not be applicable to everyone's life Mm -hmm. or experience and I also have the understanding that Though I have many lived experiences and, uh, you know, a decent level of knowledge, I do not know everything. So, um, you know, take the perspective I've shared as something that is derived from my own lived experience and may not Mm -hmm. be true for other people's lived experience. Mm. And that's pretty much it.
0: Mm. Thank you for that. Ashley, I I appreciate you Listen, as you continue on. I hope that you are safe and well and you enjoy yourself. This has been so wonderful. Again, this is episode 10, Eye to Eye, Black Women Hatred and the Use of Anger. A nod to Audre Lorde and an exploration of anger, especially in the Black women community. This has been wonderful. And thank you. (laughs) Bye. As always, this has been wonderful and fun. Remember, friend, you are not alone. There is something for you. Continue to read. And if you need more Black or queer literature, check out my website, favoritelibrarian.com, or my Instagram, favoritelibrarian. Until next time.